Good evening. Wow, really? <laughs> Maybe that just scared you or something. I don't know. Uh, reminds me of our cabin experience without the, the per- person with the sheet over them, of course. Um, it w- I was 13 when I was born again, Jesus. Um, and it was life-changing for me coming from a very broken home and a lot of trouble. But it was when I was 19 that I discovered the person of the Holy Spirit. And I went to a conference on the Holy Spirit, and I began to discover the power that God wants to impute into our lives through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. That's the part of the Lord that lives inside you and empowers you to become something you can't be on your own. And so my Christianity moved from knowing some things to experiencing uh, the power of God living inside me. And tonight I want to really talk with you on what it means to be gifted in the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, 700 years ago, the church went through what was called the First Reformation, and it changed the face of the church. Uh, The Word of God got uh, imparted to the body of Christ, and and the church never looked the same. Randy Pope is a pastor and an author of a book called Intentional Church, and he says what the church needs today is a second reformation. And uh, I want to read a quote from his book, Intentional Church, and what he means by this, uh, this, this saying. He said, the first reformation gave the word of God back to the people of God. Today we need a second reformation that gives the work of God back to the people of God. This will not happen until late to accept the role as ministers. And um, we're all called here to contribute to the, to the kingdom of God. And the purpose of, uh, of the one recreated in Christ Jesus, th- that would be you guys have, who've received Jesus, the purpose uh, for your life is to do these good works that God has foreordained for you. But you don't do good works to be okay with God. You do good works because you are okay with God and because His Holy Spirit is empowering you. Um, listen to Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I have some really... Good news. That which God calls his people to do, he equips them to accomplish. And so this isn't something you just work up yourself and you begin to do all the good things you can do and you do it in your own strength. There's supposed to be this empowerment of the Holy Spirit that fuels this endeavor. First Peter 4.10 says this, each one should use whatever gift, that's charisma, gift of the Holy Spirit, he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace, his empowerment, in its various forms. So God has given his people gifts of grace so that we can fulfill the mandate to be followers who do good works. So the question we're going to look at real briefly tonight, because Brendan asked me to do this 10,000-foot overview (laughs) of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And so I think that's what we're doing. Um, uh, For a couple weeks, we've looked into who the Holy Spirit is And tonight we're going to see how he empowers his people. Um, Christians often approach the Holy Spirit, I think, the way they approach exercise. So let me explain what I mean by that, okay? Um, When it comes to exercise, now you guys are young. You probably don't worry about exercise yet. You wait. It's coming upon you. Um, I was once young and didn't worry about anything. And then I got old. And now I have to really... Uh, exercise to stay in shape. So when it comes to exercise, there are several camps. Some never do it. You know why? They don't see a need. They don't really care. Some won't try exercising because they think, I'll look foolish. I don't know the techniques or whatever be the case. Some try and they don't have a clue how to do it right. 
So I go to Snap Fitness, I used to before the pandemic, anyway, and I'd see these guys going, I go, that is the worst way in the world to lift weights. You're just going to hurt something or throw something out, you know, slow and you grow. And it, all right, there you go. Um, others dive in and they just do it their way. They're, they're not teachable. They don't understand technique very well. But some see the value of exercise and they pursue it and they become students of how uh, to do it correctly. It's just the same thing with the person of the Holy Spirit. So many Christ followers don't see the need for him. That's absolutely a grave mistake because it's a means of God's grace being poured out in your life. Now, when I use the word grace, it is not, friends, a synonym to the word forgiveness. That's a worldly way of looking at grace. When you look at grace biblically, grace means the power of God at work in me to be saved and to live as I ought, okay? And so when you say, I don't need the person of the Holy Spirit, it's like you're cutting off the power of God from your life. Some are afraid of the whole topic, <laughs> and they just avoid it, choosing to pl play it safe. Well, then, again, you miss out on the power of God in this activity in this life. Uh, you miss out on that experience. Um, what I pray is that we see the value of the person, the Holy Spirit, and that you understand the work of God that he wants to do in you tonight. Um, Brennan was kind of apologizing because it's Halloween and the Vikings are playing tonight and, you know, there's not a huge crowd here and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I honestly don't care about that kind of thing. If this room here, if you really get filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, you'll change your campus. Amen? It works that way. God doesn't need numbers. He never needs numbers to accomplish his will. He needs obedient people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm convinced that understanding and using spiritual gifts in the right way is just foundational to you being effective in ministering for the cause of Jesus Christ. And since we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, we better understand and embrace then this gifting that God has made available to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. It's like a coach saying to his football players, guys, I want to, you to know who you are as a team. I want you to understand how I, how, how, okay, when it's a football analogy, how you've been gifted. So there's always the natural leader, and that and the football coach is going to say, lead, we need you to lead on the field, be a leader on the field. Then you got the ones that are just skill players that are good at doing certain things. Somebody's really fast and the coach is going to say, you, you know what? Use your gifting and run fast and catch the ball for us. Other people are just big and blocky and strong. Block, man, block, right? And, and, and a, a good coach is going to say, use your gifts that you have to further, uh, you know, the, the team's um, agenda. Well, this evening, the agenda that's been given to me is really simple. How, how do we begin to understand who we are in Christ through the person of the Holy Spirit? And how do we begin to then uh, depend on the Holy Spirit to do that and not what we can't do ourselves? Now, here's some disclaimers, okay, as we get into the topic of the Holy Spirit. One, serving friends is the venue, is the venue through which the, Spirit, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow, okay? Some people just want the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and they just kind of pursue it. They think it's kind of like, whoo, whoo, whoo. I, I just want to see this thing. I want to see God move. It doesn't work that way. 
You have to extend yourself and be willing to serve and get out there and rely on God for the Holy Spirit to begin to impute to you uh, gifts, gifts for what you're, you're endeavoring to do. So, um, um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to skip that. All right. I do this frequently. I just talk to myself. It's partly getting old. All right. Secondly, spiritual gifts are not a measurement of, of spirituality. So there is no spiritual gift that's higher in the hierarchy than, than others. Um, all spiritual gifts are the work of the one and the same Holy Spirit. And he gives to each one just as he determines, uh, according to uh, 1 Corinthians 2.11. So a famous organist was given a concert one night. And, and this is an air organ. So there's a boy hired to pump the organ, right? And so about midway through the recital, the boy peeks around the corner of the organ and says, we sound pretty good, don't we? You know? And uh, the organist said, what are, you, what are you talking about we? There's no we here. And the little boy goes back behind the organ once again. And the, the organist gets this real key part. And all of a sudden, there's no air. And he hits all the stops. He tries to get the sound to come. And pretty soon, the little boy uh, shoves his head around the corner of the organ and says, now about we, let's talk. So that, that boy pumping that air was vital to the success of that concert, even though it was hidden and not as glamorous as the one playing the keys. And so what we have to understand when it comes to gift of the Spirit, no matter how you're gifted, guess what? You're needed. Amen? And God uses you. And sometimes God uses the most unlikely people to accomplish his task. Um, when, I, when I come to the, uh, the, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I have some little ditties uh, little things that help me to remember the, the, the whole different arrangement of the, of, the, of, the, of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that we can uh, receive from him. Um, so an enlightening way for me to look at the Holy Spirit is to look at them like I would M&M's. You all like peanut M&M's? It's the healthy snack food, right? Um, and so when you look at the peanut M&M's, there's different color ones. You've got green and yellow and red and orange and brown. And supposedly they taste different. Does anybody think they taste different? Most of you go and vigorously no. I had some people swear that, you know, I can tell an orange one from a yellow one, from a green one. I can't. I can tell they're peanut M&Ms. So they, they look different. They have distinct, different look to them, you know. Each one has a, a color. But they're chocolate on the inside with peanuts. Now, I really like the dark chocolate ones in the peanuts the best, but you can't find them very easily. But um, they, they all taste the same. That's kind of how the gifts of the Spirit are. They look different. They're manifested different in different people. There's red ones and yellow ones and green ones and orange ones. But the essence behind all the gifts of the Spirit is the gift. It's the Spirit, excuse me, who, who, who gives us the gift. It's the one and same Spirit doing the work in each one of us. And so the substance and essence of what's going on here is of the person of the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do is look at what I call the M&Ms of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I hope this just helps you remember what they are. Um, it's just a way that I've used over the years that helps me, and uh, um, I hope it helps you. I'm going to use 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 6, as kind of an outline, uh, outline for this message. It's going to go really fast now. It's, I call this directional text. Not that you care about that at all, but it sets the direction of what I'm going to share with you here for a few moments. It, it, it's really good. So some background will help here for, uh, for some explanation. The Corinthian church was a mess. When you read 
1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you got to remember, these were people that were just all messed up. And Paul does a tremendous amount of corrective teaching in, in writing these two uh, epistles to this Corinthian church. And so when you get to chapter 12, Paul is now going to address the misuse of spiritual gifts by this body. And so he begins his teaching and, um, that, that, first of all, you shouldn't ignore the gifts. They're really important. And then he, he goes for a few verses. He explains what I call the basic framework of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, you've got to kind of understand what's going on here to get this. But what you do, it's very illuminating. And it's a great framework to kind of hang understanding on uh, what it means to uh, 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 you know, have the Holy Spirit live in you and the gifts that he gives to you. Um, and so they were misusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially the manifestation gifts, which we'll get to in just a moment. So Paul here in this teaching gives us a, some distinct groupings of, of gifting of the Holy Spirit that I think if you understand this, you begin to really understand the whole thing. It kind of unravels the puzzle and the mystery uh, of the, of the giftings, gifts of the Holy Spirit. So here we go. Um, let me just read some scripture to you here from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6. Listen to this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now remember, this is what? Corrective teaching. The Corinthians were in to the showy gifts of the Spirit. They loved the works of miracles and the manifestation uh, of the Spirit, like in, uh, you know, giving a word of knowledge or, or, or giving you a word of wisdom or speaking in a tongue or whatever. They were really into these gifts that were showy, okay? And so Paul here does something here very fundamental. He begins some corrective teaching by explaining the full orb nature of the Holy Spirit and the giftedness that he gives to his people. And he says, now there are different kinds of gifts. It's not like he's just repeating. He is not just repeating himself. There's three distinct groupings of giftings that he begins to refer to. And the first one is called the motivational gifts. Uh, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. The original Greek word for, for gifts here in this particular verse here uh, for of 1 Corinthians 12 is the word charisma. It means gift of grace imparted from God. It's an enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others, okay? Now the same word charisma is found elsewhere in the Bible over in Romans chapter 12 where we have a listing of the motivational gifts, okay? It's the first M of our M&Ms of understanding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are called motivational gifts. Uh, Romans 12, 6 says, says, we have different gifts, same Greek word, charisma, as found in 1 Corinthians 4. And then that same word is already, it's also found in 1 Peter 4, 10, which I read to you, that same word, charisma, all right? And so, what Romans does for us here in chapter 12 is now it explains what these motivational gifts are, okay? Um, and so let me just read that scripture to you. It says this uh, in Romans 12, verses 4 through 8. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. There it is, different charisma, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, 
then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So these I call motivational gifts. And this is why. They determine in the follower of Jesus the why you do what you do and how you see the world. So when you become a follower in Jesus Christ, and if you ask the Holy Spirit to come live in you, which you should, amen, then he will impart to you a particular gift like this. You'll see the world differently. If you're, if you're prophetic, you're going to have a high regard for right and wrong and truth and all that kind of stuff. The server sees needs and meet needs. The teacher loves to learn and loves to share what they're learning with others. The encourager exhorts others on. The giver usually has the ability uh, to make money and loves to give money away generously. Um, the leader gathers followers, sees a vision, organizes to that vision, and gets uh, some things accomplished. And then you got the mercy-motivated person. They empathize with others. They're the ones that just come and hug you when you're not feeling good. Amen? I have two daughters that are mercy-motivated, and so I, I understand this gifting very well, because I'm not. But they are. And, and they're just a blessing to have. Um, so if you have a motivational gift of serving, for instance, you're going to see needs, and you're going to naturally think, oh, I've got to get this done and this done, and this is just really would bless people. And sometimes you get frustrated because other people don't see needs. I'm not a server, so you know what? I have to work hard at seeing needs. I can walk right by them. I've been trained by my wife for, you know, 44 years now to see needs, amen? But I didn't naturally do that. Pretty much oblivious to it. I just walk right by it. And, oh, I thought, maybe I should help them. Ah, they're fine. You know, and they go on. So definitely don't have the gifting of serving. You have to work at it if you don't have that gifting. And so... Um, Paul begins his teaching to the Corinthians who were really in the manifestation, gets into the miracles and, you know, words of, of wisdom and all that kind of stuff. He says, hey, you're missing a whole big grouping of giftings. They're, they're the motivational gifts and they're found over in Romans chapter 12. And these are very important to understand because they're the why and the how people of Christ will, will see life and interact with one another, okay? Now there's a second listing here that he says as he continues on describing this general framework of the gifts of the Holy Spirit here in 1 Corinthians 12. There's ministry gifts. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. See, this isn't just repeating. This is an entirely different group of gifts. That word service comes from diakonia, which means ministry gifts, the gift of people that providing uh, equipping uh, to the church for effective service. So, guess what? You go over to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, and the ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit are explained there. These are gifts of people that equip the follower of God to serve the church and then also to uh, minister to this world. So, um, just as in the case of the motivational gifts, this is a, just a, another major grouping that the Corinthian church was overlooking, okay? And so let me read that scripture to you. Um, so we're going to go to uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. So Christ gave himself, uh, gave himself, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to what? Equip his people for works of service. Do you see that? Did you, you hear that? So their job is to equip God's people for works of service. You're a minister. If you're a Christ follower and you receive Jesus in your heart, 
You're a minister. I'm not your minister. I pastor and shepherd you, but you, we're all ministers. You follow what I'm saying? We all called to be an active part of the church of Jesus Christ so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So, this is where the church, I think, has strayed a long way from Scripture. There's been this bad model propagated. It's this. The local church hires somebody like me, and I'm supposed to minister to everybody. I'm the hired hand. Amen? So I kinda, I'm, I'm hired to minister to all the needs and, to, and all that. And the church sees itself as a consumer. I'm talking the American church by and large. It's a terrible model. Yikes, that's terrible. Amen? Can you say that's terrible? Thank you. That was actually pretty good. See, these people, Brennan, Ben, Jaina, myself, I see, I see Nathan over there. And other, we're all, we're, we're, our main role is equipping. Now, I minister too, right? Because we're called to minister, all of us. But our main, our main duty before the Lord Jesus Christ is to equip the body of Christ for effective ministry. So when you look at the ministry gifts, they're God's gift of people to the church to fulfill the mandate of the church doing the good works that Christ foreordained for us to accomplish. And that which he foreordains and that which he wants us to accomplish, he equips us to achieve by sending the person of the Holy Spirit to live right inside us and to give us the gifts to do it. Amen. And part of the way that you, you receive some of that gifting and grace from God is through people like myself who are making it known to you what the word of God means and what we ought to be doing. Amen. Do you follow this? A little bit? A lot, I hope. It's not that hard. One more gift category. Manifestation gifts. And this is the one that usually causes a lot of confusion to people. And usually it's the, the gift that people tend to, to seek after. Um, now, now Paul's getting to the Corinthians issue. The misuse of manifestation gifts. Um, there are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them and all men. That's First Corinthians 12, uh, 6. Now that working means uh, energema. It's the Greek word energema means uh, gifts that manifest the power or the energy of God. So let me just uh, uh, get to this listing here. In, well, I'm going to do that in a moment. First uh, Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 then lists the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, in the flow of First Corinthians 12, this is a topic that Paul wanted to get to. But before he would get there, he had to go through the motivational gifts and the ministry gifts to be able to talk to them uh, with some kind of you know, full-orbed understanding uh, of the person of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that the Holy Spirit imparts his people, uh, uh, he was now able to talk to him about the manifestation uh, gifts. Um, and so let me read uh, to you about these from 1 Corinthians 12. These are kind of the wild gifts, the ones that I think people tend to be a little bit afraid of, all right? So let me read these for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. Now to each one, uh, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So these gifts here, these manifestation gifts, give power to ministry. Now, do you notice God gives them just as he determines? 
This isn't something that you can say, well, I really want to be a worker of miracles. So God give me that. He gives them as he determines and as needs are there. Um, these were the gifts that the Corinthian church wanted. And they went after them hard because they thought that made them spiritual. They had this hierarchy. These gifts are spiritual. These are the ones we want. Um, and what Paul is doing is saying here, let me give you balance, basically. The motivational gifts are, are so important to know because everyone has one of those and you won't understand each other until you understand how these motivational gifts work. Uh, let me, you know, take a step back with you and make sure you understand that, that you've been gifted with people for the equipping of the call that you have on your life uh, to be a minister of Jesus Christ. And now, let's talk about manifestation gifts and their role uh, there to give you power, to give you oomph, to give you, you know, enablement as you minister. So God will give some a word of knowledge, some um, miraculous power, and, you know, and, and, and those kinds of things. Um, so I'm convinced that the reason we don't see more manifestation gifts is because the motivation for them is entirely wrong. We want wow moments. We want to see the Spirit of God move. We want to be kind of rocked, you know, a bit. But no, again, you got to put yourself out there and be ministering for Christ for these things to really begin to manifest themselves, I think, in your life, uh, at least biblically. Um, um, here's how I would summarize all these groups of gifts, okay? And then I just want to talk to you for a moment from my heart. Can I do that, Brent? I don't know how much time I have. Are these guys got to go quick. I'm good? I don't know if I'm good, but okay. Here's how I'd summarize all these. The motivational gifts, Romans chapter 12. Can you remember that? They are the how and the why the people of God think, okay? Because they're gifts from the Holy... So I'm very prophetic in my gift mix, all right? I'm very... I'm, I have a high regard for right and wrong. I will say the truth to my own harm. If I sell you something, I will tell you everything that's wrong with it. You, you know, I probably won't make the sale, but I'll feel good about myself, okay? Because that's just how God has created me. So I'm going to have that, that kind of thing. So the motivational gifts, they, 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 it's, they're, like, they're, they're, they're like the DNA of, of your spiritual being, okay? And we all have one of these, probably a dominant one, and maybe a second one that's bubbling in there somewhere. So my wife is teaching motivated. Everything we do is a lesson, but I love her dearly, and so I'm very patient with her because I know she can't help herself. We're just going to learn something here. You know what I mean? And I sometimes jokingly say, I don't want to learn anything today. Is that okay? You know, and so, but that's what, so when you begin to understand this about each other, you begin to embrace the differences and you begin to, to, to value uh, people maybe elsewise would have bugged you and annoyed you. And then you have these ministry gifts. They just equip the body of Christ for the works that he's called us to accomplish. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're to go make disciples of all the world, um, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, I can't, if there's a thousand of you doing what I try to do on my own, what's going to be more effective? Right? It, it's, it's when the church of God is captured by the Holy Spirit. I was part of the charismatic movement in the, in the late 60s and early 70s in the Twin Cities. And it was that the church of Jesus Christ woke up and all of a sudden, you had thousands of people on fire for Jesus. I could not stop talking about Jesus. I went and witnessed in Hennepin Avenue. Nobody told me that a 19-year-old couldn't do that. I just thought, people need Jesus. And I was crazy in love with him. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit was just pushing me to talk about Christ all the time. And I had just one miraculous uh, interaction after another. 
It doesn't, you don't need a title to do this. You just need to be faithful to God and not afraid of the person of the Holy Spirit, all right? And so I had really good pastors. We had one pastor's name was Don Fotenhauer. I've shared this before in Sunday morning churches. We call him Don Fotenhauer and a half because he was going to preach an hour and a half every time he, that man got up to speak. So I went the way of the cross in the Twin Cities. It was a former Missouri uh, Lutheran church that Don got filled with the Holy Spirit, brought it back to the synod, and they kicked him out because he didn't know any better. He didn't know that he was doing anything wrong. They kicked him out. That became way of the cross. That's a church where I really, you know, got my moorings at. And I tell you what, it was just so life-changing for me to be around these spirit-filled people that were just crazy in love with Jesus Christ and trying to figure this out together. It was just, it was just really fun. Um, and, and I just, I've never experienced that much powerful movement of God. Although lately, I have to admit, some of the stuff that's going on has just been miraculous here. Been miraculous in Williston too, actually, for me. So anyway, God's always moving, right? Lastly, as God determines the manifestation gifts will bring God's power to bear in situations. So motivational gifts, DNA, ministry gifts, enablement of the body, equipping of the body, and then manifestation gifts, I just call them the oomph of the Holy Spirit, amen? They just do things that we just can't do ourselves, all right? Um, so let me, let me just say how some of these, these manifestation gifts work because they tend to be the ones that people don't know about and are a little afraid of. And so my, my oldest daughter, her, her name is Elizabeth. She's also got a pastoral degree, all right? And so anyway, she's six years old. She comes out to me, and I still remember this vividly. She was burning up, just hot. I don't know if you know this uh, with little kids, but, you know, that's not a good sign. And it was 7 o'clock at night, and I'm going, oh, no. So Ben, you know, if you have little kids, you know, no, not now, because it just gets worse at night. They get really sick. And she comes out, and she, I remember saying, Daddy, I don't, I'm hot. And I, yeah, it was like 102, 103. She was really hot. And I remember cradling her in my arms at the time and um, getting a little emotional. And I just prayed, Jesus, you know, I love this little girl. Can you just heal her? It would be really nice if you just could heal her um, and just bless her that way. It was a simple prayer like that. And um, I put her to bed and praying like crazy. She'd make it through the night, you know, and then we could bring her to the doctor in the morning. I mean, I'm being honest with what I was thinking, right? And I, I, I thought, I just wanted to go to the emergency room in the middle of the night. So about a half an hour later, she comes back. I'm fine. And I remember saying, no, you're not. You're sick. No, I'm fine. Fever was gone. It was just gone. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. I mean, no, I mean, I think, okay, God, you do work this way, but really? Okay. And I remember saying, well, good for you. You have a lot of faith, honey. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't me. I didn't have a lot of faith. I'll be honest. I just was praying because I really was being selfish. And I, I really was concerned, literally concerned for her. So I'm working as a new pastor in Williston. I'm really unsure of myself. You know, putting on a good front, faking it, like until I know what I'm doing, sort of. And I remember saying to God, I don't know, God, what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm really out of my league and some of the stuff that's going on. And so a strange thing began to happen to me. I would, I would get it. I can't say it any other way, but a word from God. Pray for this person. Pray this way. And I said, okay. I just pray. And the next day, that person would show up in my office and explain exactly what I had just prayed for the, the day before, all right? Now, I'm slow, because this happened about eight times before I thought, there's a pattern here. 
all right? I wasn't figuring that out. I mean, seriously, this was happening. And I begin to say, oh, okay, God, there's a connection. And then God revealed to me, I am giving you words of wisdom so that you don't trust in yourself, but you trust in me. And I said, oh. There was so much need up there in Williston. It's like a meth capital of the world. There was so much drugs going on. I grew up in Brooklyn Park. It was a rough place to grow up in. It was a lot of drugs there when I grew up too. So I was used to that kind of culture. And I was just feeling overwhelmed. And I was feeling like, God, what are we going to do here? These people are so broken. And there's just, you know, I, I don't know what to say to them when they come to me all strung out, you know, and how to help them. And, and it was like God was saying to me, through those interactions was, this isn't about you. This is about what I'm going to do in them. And you just have to come along for the ride. And I remember how freeing that was. And, I, and, and did that continue? No. It was like God gave it to me for a season. That's often how these manifestation gifts work. You get them for a season, for a need, for some ministry power, all right? Um, and so I could go on with story after story like this. Um, you want a couple more? I could give more. All right. So, so I, I just have to, because this, is, this I think, helps. So I'm, I'm interning at Rosemont Engineering uh, as an intern uh, for mechanical engineering at the time when I was at the University of Minnesota. And I used to take and, and go to break tables, and, um, and, and we'd talk. And I shared pretty freely about my faith in Jesus Christ. Like I said at the time, I had gone through the charismatic movement. You know, at this time, I was about 21 and, I mean, I was one of those crazy Jesus freaks. You ever been there? I still am. All right. And so we're talking and I'm talking. And, and, and they would ask questions. And it was like, you know, God was in, the, in, the, in this conversation, even though it was at this workplace. And it was super secular. And I had no idea what was, how, how, what was really going on here or what God was doing. Years later, I'm now, I'm now like 27. And... I, I'm working at 3M as an engineer, and I go to like the 16th conference on the Holy Spirit in the Twin Cities because they're fun to go to, right? And I walk into that thing. I walk all the way up in the nosebleed section of the, of the Minneapolis Auditorium there because there was only one seat. And there sits Rick. He was at the break table with me at Rosemont Engineering was an intern. He was an, he's an electrical engineer, super smart guy. And Rick wasn't a believer when I, at Rosemont. He would ask me questions, and I remember saying all these things to him as this young 19-year-old brash follower of Jesus, you know, and I get up to the nosebleed section, there's Rick, and I go, what are you doing here? <laughs> really, really a nice thing to say to this guy, right? And he goes, do you remember those ta- conversations we had back at the break table? And I said, honestly, I don't. He said, it's like God just spoke to me, and I gave my heart to Jesus, and I'm coming here in, you know, to, to learn more about the Holy Spirit. And I thought, huh, God works in powerful ways, doesn't he, when we're just obedient to him? And I, we don't, sometimes we think we have to know the four laws, and it's not, there's nothing wrong with knowing those things. But it's no substitute for being filled with the person of the Holy Spirit and being sensitive uh, in that regard to others and having the power of God flow through you in that way. And so what I want to encourage you with, I'm going to quit now because you need to sing and go home or do the pumpkin thing. Whatever you're going to do. What's with the pumpkins? Carve them? Oh, okay. It's been a long time since I've done something like that. So um, what, what, we, what, what I want to encourage you to do is, is ask the Holy Spirit to truly reside in you. 
Scripture says, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for it? And so really the beginning point to begin to experience these gifts of the Holy Spirit, like I've been sharing with you tonight about, is just to ask God to do that in your life. And just let him do it in his time and his way. And just expect him to do some things. He will. That's our God. That's how he works. And then you begin to live life, your Christian life, in a different plane. It'll be more of a supernatural experience. And I think that's what God desires for all of us to have as a normal experience. So if you don't mind, I'd like to pray for you and over you and then turn this back over to you guys for music. Lord God, I want to thank you for just a few moments to talk to these folks tonight. Uh, I probably abused my time a little bit. Um, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill the gaps. I feel um, rushed a little bit tonight and a little bit scatterbrained. Normally, I'm in my pajamas by now and just hanging out with my wife. So this is like... I'm a like 7-Eleven guy, 7 in the morning, 11, no, no, 11 in the morning. Anyway, God, I just pray for tonight, I pray for each one here, that you, Holy Spirit, would touch their lives, that you would come into their hearts, and that you would uh, impute to them power from on high, so that these spirits, whether it be motivational ministry or manifestation, that they would begin to experience them, Lord, in a very real way. Especially the motivational man and manifestation gifts, Lord. I just know that they're for, they're for the whole body to experience. And I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, just impart to some a word of knowledge, to others a, a word of wisdom, maybe a, a miracle, a miraculous kind of intervention, Lord. Um, perhaps, you know, it's the discovery that someone's mercy motivated or, or prophetically motivated or an encourager and they just step in the fullness of that gift I, I, I just have a son who's an encourager Lord and he's just so good for my soul when I talk with him he just is uh, very helpful for me frequently because I can get kind of cynical being a prophetic kind of personality and so I pray for, for these gifts of the spirit just to be uh, imparted Lord as you see and determine and I just pray for Oasis to be a place that kind of nurtures and grows in, in, this, in this regard Lord uh, thank you for Ben. I know Ben and I are kindred spirits in a lot of the stuff I'm talking about tonight, Lord. And we've been through a lot of the similar kind of things. And so I thank you for uh, his call to ministry and Brennan's call to ministry and Nathan and Jana. And I, all, the, all the staff I, I, I'm so grateful for, Lord. But I'm, I'm really grateful for these young people sitting here today. Uh, this is the church, Lord, that you're working in now. And I pray bless them and fill them with your spirit, Jesus. In your name, amen.